Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I'm your host, Isaac Longworth. Today's saint is named Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska. Try saying that three times fast. It's a, it's a bit of a mouthful, but she's more commonly known by the name Saint Faustina. Now, you still might not have heard of her, but if you've ever seen an image of the Divine Mercy, this famous image of the Divine Mercy, then you have Saint Faustina to thank because that image came about from visions that she had of Jesus. Now, you might not have even heard of the Divine Mercy image, and that's okay. The Divine Mercy image is this famous Catholic image of Jesus standing with rays of light coming from his heart, one blue and one red, and beneath is the inscription, Jesus I trust in you. And so we're going to be talking about the life of St. Faustina and how she became connected with this message of divine mercy, this radical message that Jesus passed on to her to the entire world about the depth of his mercy for sinners. And so our saint, St. Faustina, was born in Poland with the name Helena Kowalska. And Helena was born to a large Polish family. She was actually the third child of 10. And her family was very poor, but they had a deep Catholic faith. She was raised in a very religious home. Now, when Helena was only seven years old, during a time of Eucharistic adoration, she began to feel this call from God to become a nun. And this stuck with her for the rest of her life. As she was finishing school, she actually wanted to enter a convent right away. But her parents wouldn't let her. They needed help around the house. They needed help supporting the family. And so when she was only 16, Helena became a housekeeper. She would work as a maid and her wages would go towards her struggling family. Now, as she continued to work and get immersed in the world, her desire to become a nun faded with time. She actually began to forget about her childhood desire. And all of this changed when at 19, she went to a dance with her sister and she went there to meet some friends, to go and have some fun. But it was at this dance that Helena's life would change forever. She wrote about her experiences in her diary. This is what she wrote. Once I was at a dance with one of my sisters, and while everybody was having a good time, my soul was experiencing inner torment. As I began to dance, I suddenly saw Jesus at my side. Jesus was racked with pain, stripped of his clothing, covered with wounds, and he spoke these words to me, how long shall I suffer and how long will you keep deceiving me? Now, Helena was obviously disturbed by this image and she didn't want to dance anymore. She actually told her sister that she had a headache. She pretended she had a headache and she slipped out of the dance. She went to a nearby church and ignoring everyone else in the church, she went and lay prostrate before the Blessed Sacrament. And she asked the Lord what this vision was about, what she was supposed to do. And in that moment, Jesus told her, go at once to Warsaw, which was a city in Poland. He said, go to Warsaw and you will enter a convent there. 
And so Helena is convicted. She knows that this is something that the Lord wants her to do, and she is immediately obedient. She goes back to her sister. She tells her what happened, and then she gets on a train going to Warsaw. She doesn't take time to pack anything. She goes with only the dress that she is wearing, this radical obedience to the call of Jesus, who is reminding her of the call that he had made to her when she was seven to become a nun. Now, when she arrived in Warsaw, she tried to get into several different convents, and some of them uh, turned her away quite harshly. They mocked her for being a maid. They didn't think that she was of the right caliber and social status to become a nun. But finally, she was accepted to one congregation, and they were called the Congregation of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy. Now, even with this convent, they said that she could only join on the condition that she could pay for her own habit. They weren't going to buy a habit for her, and so she had to do some additional work as a maid in Warsaw to earn the money. But when she had earned enough money to buy her habit, they accepted her as a nun. And in time, when she made her promises, when she made her vows, she was given the new name, Sister Maria Faustina of the Blessed Sacrament. So that's where her longer name comes in. So she was no longer called Helena. She took on this new name, Sister Maria Faustina. And this has been a longtime tradition in many religious communities, especially amongst nuns, that they changed their name in order to symbolize that they're leaving their past life behind. They're taking on a new identity, a new name as a bride of Christ. Now, Sister Faustina begins to serve at this point as a cook in the convent. She's cooking for the other sisters, but she fell very seriously sick soon after joining the convent. Now, they weren't entirely sure what it was. We're pretty sure at this point that it was tuberculosis that she was struggling with, and she was sent off to rest. Now, the sickness that she was struggling with, tuberculosis, is a disease of the lungs. And the, some of the symptoms can include coughing, weakness, uh, coughing to the extent of coughing up blood because the chest of the person who's struggling with this disease uh, is filling up with blood and fluid, making it very difficult to breathe. And so it's, it's really a painful disease that she contracted. But when she had recovered enough to return, Sister Faustina was visited one evening in her cell by Jesus. And this is the second vision that she has. The first one she had at the dance, the second one she has in her cell one evening. And she writes about it in her diary, explaining what Jesus said and did. In the evening, when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus, clothed in a white garment. One hand was raised in blessing, and the other was touching the garment at his breast. From the opening of the garment of the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. In silence, I gazed intently at the Lord, and my soul was overwhelmed with fear, but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, paint an image according to the pattern that you see with the inscription, Jesus I trust in you. So Sister Faustina in her cell 
is greeted with this vision of Jesus that would later become known as the image of divine mercy. And he asks her to have this image painted with the inscription, Jesus, I trust in you. And so St. Faustina went to her sisters in the convent looking for their help, asking for their help to get this painting made, but no one would help her and nothing came of it for three years. She was unable to get this done. Until one day, uh, the convent confessor named Father Michael Sopoko was hearing the confessions of all the nuns in the convent. And Sister Faustina had gone to confession to him, and she told him of her experience that she had. Now, when he heard that she was seeing visions of Jesus, his first was response was to get her some help. He asked her to seek some psychological evaluation just in case she was crazy, she was psychologically unbalanced. He wanted to test and make sure that this wasn't the case. But when she passed all of her psychological evaluations with flying colors, Sopoko believed her to be authentic. And so he became her confessor, he became her advisor, and as she continued to receive revelations from Jesus, specifically about his mercy, he encouraged her to record a diary, to record all the things that Jesus was saying to her in order to keep track of them and eventually one day pass them on to others. He also was the priest that arranged for the painting to be made. He had a painter come in and paint the image exactly as she described it. Now, St. Faustina continued to receive messages from Jesus. He would appear to her, he would speak to her, and he would speak to her specifically about his mercy, his divine mercy that he had for sinners, this burning love that he had for souls and, and this desire to forgive them. Now, as she received these revelations, she became uh, more aware of his mercy and she desired to found a new congregation of nuns completely devoted to the divine mercy. And so she went to her archbishop and she asked permission to do this, but he denied her permission. And he told her that she was already professed with a group and that she should honor her vows to them and not go off and start her own thing. Now, when she went back to Jesus and told him about her disappointment and not being able to start a community of nuns specifically for the uh, mission of spreading divine mercy, Jesus commended her for obedience. He didn't tell her that she should have pushed harder, or she should have disobeyed the bishop. He told her, my daughter, do whatever is within your power to spread devotion to my divine mercy, and I will make up for what you lack. So even in this, we can see the gentleness of Jesus. He's saying, look, Faustina, you, you tried your best, but don't worry. You do what you can. My divine mercy will make up for all that you lack. And so she continued to live her life as a nun. She continued to receive revelations from Jesus that she recorded in her diary, but her health had never fully recovered and she continued to deteriorate. And this led to more and more serious tuberculosis, even to the extent of internal bleeding happening within her. She was constantly in pain, constantly struggling. Uh, near the end of her life, the nuns described her as looking skeletal. She was thin. She had wasted away. She was breathing heavily. It was an incredibly painful experience for her. And she wasn't that old. She was only 33 years old. But she trusted in the mercy of Jesus 
to the very end. Nearing the end of her life when she was dying in her bed, one of her sisters asked her, Sister Faustina, are you afraid of dying? Are you afraid of death? And she replied, why should I be? All my sins and all my imperfections will be consumed like straw in the fire of the divine mercy. The revelations that Jesus had made to her about his mercy and his love for sinners had taken root in her heart, and she knew that her Jesus would take care of her, that she trusted in him in these dying moments. She wasn't afraid to go and meet her God because she knew the radical love that Jesus had for her. On the day that she died, St. Faustina told her sisters, Today the Lord is taking me. She had been notified of her death by the Lord ahead of time, and she died as her sisters prayed around her bed. This peaceful death with a very painful disease finally coming to an end. And when she died, as I mentioned earlier, she was only 33 years old. So a very young saint to die. She was canonized a saint in April 30th in 2000. So she has only been a canonized saint for the last 20 years. And as you know, at this point, if you've followed along with the show, to become a saint, you need to have certain miracles attributed to you. The church uh, does an investigation to make sure that miracles have been done through the intercession of a person before they can become canonized a saint. And one of the miracles that was attributed to St. Faustina was the healing of a woman named Maureen Diggin. Now, Maureen had been diagnosed from the early age of 15 with a disease called lymphedema. And lymphedema was uh, this painful disease that would cause swelling in various parts of the body and it did not respond well to drug treatment. And so she had had over 50 surgeries in 10 years. She had spent long periods in the hospital. Eventually Maureen actually had to have one of her legs amputated. It had become so swollen that it needed to be amputated and she was deteriorating quickly. As a result of all of her suffering, she had lost her faith in God. She had been raised a Catholic, but she didn't really think that God could be real or that he was deserving of her worship because of all of the pain she had been going through since she was a teenager. But luckily for Maureen, her family hadn't given up on their faith. And after watching a video on the healing power of the intercession of saints, especially St. Faustina, who at the time was uh, not a saint, obviously, uh, but they convinced Maureen to go to Faustina's tomb in Poland and pray for healing through her intercession, asking for a touch from the divine mercy. And so Maureen reluctantly agrees. She's starting to have her faith built up a little bit more, and she goes to the tomb in Poland. And Maureen said that when she went to the tomb, she had this little debate in her head with St. Faustina. She said, okay, Faustina, I came a long way. Now do something. So she's kind of bossing St. Faustina around. And interiorly, she heard Sister Faustina tell her, if you ask for my help, I will give it to you. And at that very moment, the miracle began to take place. Maureen said she thought she was losing her mind because all of the pain in her body began to flow out. And her swollen leg 
her, her only leg that she had left, which was needing to be amputated shortly, began to decrease in size until it went back to its normal size. And all the pain in her body, all the swelling left. And when she went back to the United States, five different independent doctors said that there was no medical explanation for the sudden healing of this incurable disease. All traces of lymphedema left her body from the moment she prayed at Sister Faustina's tomb. And so the Vatican had a study of their own doctors into the miracle. They had their theologians look at it and they too found that there was no medical explanation for this. And it truly was a miracle that they attributed to the intercession of St. Faustina. And she was canonized a saint soon after. So St. Faustina is a powerful saint with powerful intercession because of her great devotion to the divine mercy of God. And the revelations that St. Faustina received from Jesus about the nature of his divine mercy have spread across the world. Through her, Jesus shared his desire, his deep burning desire to have the whole world experience the depth of his merciful love for them. And this is such an important message because we know the reality of our sin. We know that we have done things that are wrong. We look out onto the world and we see all of this evil, all of this darkness. And this truth about the sinful condition of humankind can lead us to having a false idea of God. Some of us, maybe even from our childhood, have had this image of Jesus as this terrifying judge who needs to be afraid or else he's going to punish us. That he's this angry, stern, vengeful God who's just watching us closely, waiting for us to mess up so that he can pounce on us and punish us. This is sometimes the image that we have of God that has been passed on to us. But the reality of who Jesus is, is expressed in his revelations of divine mercy to St. Faustina. That yes, Jesus is the judge, that he will judge us for our sin, but that Jesus is the judge who has given us a way out. He's offering us a second chance. He knows that we've messed up. He knows that we've sinned against God, but that's why he came. He died for us. His heart was pierced, which is where the blood and water flowed out, symbolized by the, the streams, the rays of light seen in the image. And this piercing of his heart symbolized the depth of love that he has for us at sinners, that his heart was pierced with love for us, and it led him to the cross for me, for you. Jesus is ready to forgive. In fact, he's waiting for us to come back to him. He's pleading with us to come to him. The loss of a sinner to the fires of hell hurts him. It saddens him. He loves sinners. And the fact is, is that he already knows the sins we've committed and they don't scare him. Jesus is not scandalized by what we've done. He's not ashamed of us, but rather Jesus has dealt with all of our sins on the cross. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he said, it is finished. And he was talking about our sin. When we turn in repentance to Jesus, it is finished. Our sin is canceled. All that he's waiting for us to do 
is to come back. Come back to him to receive his total forgiveness. And this call of divine mercy is for you. Wherever you're listening from, whatever stage you're at in your faith journey, maybe you have no faith at all. And you've just found this show and you're wondering if this call of God is for you. It is. Jesus is waiting for you to turn back to him today, to leave behind your past, leave behind your sins and put your trust in him. And he's waiting to forgive you. Maybe if you're just beginning your faith journey and you're just starting to learn about Christianity, you needed to hear this reminder that Jesus is not an angry, vengeful God who hates you and is is looking to punish you, but Jesus is a forgiving, merciful Lord who wants to welcome you back with open arms. And it's a good reminder for all of us, even if we're longtime Christians, to remember what we might have forgotten about that initial experience with the tender mercy of Jesus. That all of us, no matter our sin, no matter how shameful it is, no matter how much we think it's shaped our identity, No matter how much our sin has hurt others and feels like there's no way we can make up for it, it feels like we can never be forgiven, Jesus' mercy is for us. If you're struggling with forgiving yourself for things that you've done, sometimes we're our own worst critic, we look back on our lives, there's no way that you'll be able to forgive yourself and move on until you let Jesus come in and actually deal with the guilt. Because if you forgive yourself for things that you haven't turned over to Jesus, it's never going to work. You're never going to be able to make yourself feel better about these things until you actually deal with the root problem, which is surrendering your sins, surrendering your guilt to Jesus and letting him wash you of your sins so that you are purified, made white as snow. The words of St. Faustina that she says about the mercy of God are beautiful. And I want to read you some of what she said just to open up our hearts to experiencing this mercy of Jesus. St. Faustina said, let no one doubt concerning the goodness of God. Even if a person's sins were as dark as the night, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. She says, one thing alone is necessary, that the sinner sets ajar the door of his heart, be it ever so little, to let a ray of God's merciful grace in, and then God will do the rest. St. Faustina is saying, you don't need to work for it. You don't need to try to convince God to forgive you. He's waiting for you to open your heart just a little crack, just a little crack, and he will come in forgive you and lavish his love and his mercy upon you but you need to open the door to his heart first and if you've never done this and you're beginning to feel the tug of god's mercy on your heart as i'm speaking i want to invite you to pray this prayer for mercy with me you can pray it from wherever you're listening from surrendering to jesus once more turning over your past all of your sins all of the things that you've done wrong turning them over to him in order to experience his forgiveness, which he is so eager to pour out on you. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now, knowing that we were created to be in a relationship with God, that God loves us and he created us to be in union with him. But Lord Jesus, we broke that relationship. We turned our backs on God. We sinned, we fell. 
we broke that friendship. But Lord, you loved us in our brokenness. And Jesus, you came here to earth. You came to be one of us and you died on our behalf. You took our place. You gave every single drop of your blood for me. And you made a way for us to be reconciled with God. And so, Lord Jesus, I respond right now to this free offer of mercy that you are making on my life. Jesus, I trust in you that if I put my faith in you, that if I turn to you in repentance, saying, I'm sorry for what I've done, Lord Jesus, please forgive me, that you will, that you are waiting right now to come into our hearts and to wash us clean of all that we have done in our past. Thank you, Jesus, for this free gift, and we accept it now. All through the intercession of St. Faustina, who you chose, Lord God, to be an instrument of your mercy to the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.